Good morning, dear friends. It's good to be with you this morning. Well, I have to take a Bible reading this morning, which is uh, the, quite long for a Bible reading, but it's good. It's good. Good meat from the Word of God. Mark is going to read now from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Thank you, dear. Yes, as Bob has said, the reading is from the Old Testament, from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and we're reading from verses 1 to 22. And it's headed, Jehoshaphat defeats Moab and Ammon. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, with some of the Meunites, came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already in Hazazon, Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord, in front of the new courtyard, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and give it forever? to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, Will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, 
march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his promise, in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. We thank the Lord for this reading from his word and pray that it will be a blessing to each one of us. When I'm asked to take a service, I look to the Lord for his word and I praise him when I believe it's laid upon my heart to the extent I can't get away from it. And since I was asked to, to come and be with you today and I feel it's a great privilege and I've been looking to the Lord these things I've had in my mind and laid upon my heart have been so so many times underlined. Because, dear friends, we live in unique and challenging and needy times. It, and then, by the way, this is just the introduction to what I want to share with you later on. But I'm sharing from Joshua uh, 2 Chronicles 20 to encourage you, dear friends, to encourage you. Because that we have so many similarities with this story in 2 Chronicles 20. They were surrounded by a vast army that were really against them. Four times it says in that passage about a vast army. And dear friends, we have a vast army against the Lord's people in this country. For the Lord's people are in a minority and there's a vast army of evil against us. We live in desperate and violent and terrible times. We've heard of all the things that have been happening in, in many ways in these past months. There's been the awful tragedy in Manchester and, and London Bridge and London itself and uh, the Friendsbury Pass, uh, Friendsbury Pass Mosque. And, uh, but dear friends, we live in a multicultural and multi-religious society and we live in challenging and needy times. And uh, we need to look to the Lord. We need to be encouraged, dear friends. And I've just read this, Margaret, just read this passage 
first, so we can be encouraged, dear friends. The vast army is a vast army against us, but the Lord is on our side. We are surrounded by evil and violence and crime and greed and immorality and godlessness and lawlessness and materialism in so many ways. And uh, we hear in these days about uh, the same-sex marriage and these things where it's clearly uh, from the word of God that God's word is broken in so many, many ways. And it makes us so sad. And... uh, the verse that I find so encouraging in these times, dear, dear friends, and I've often found it a great help personally, but there's two, two chronicles. And then, by the way, it says, it's lovely how they all came to the Lord in prayer and, uh, and just worshipped the Lord. They came to seek him uh, from every town to seek help of the Lord. And uh, it says in verse 12, Oh God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And we could honestly say in these times in which we live, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are upon you. And it would help us to face this, this situation. And it as they were seeking help from the Lord. That's what it says in verse 4, by the way. They came to seek help from the Lord. And what I, I like is about... Um, all, all, they all came, even the young ones came together for the, the prayer meeting, as it were. And, uh, dear friends, how our churches need prayer meetings today, strong prayer, prayer meetings. You can find business meetings full and members' meetings fall, and committees and so on. But to find a church with a prayer meeting, where that's the most important thing, and people come together for prayer to seek help of the Lord. And it's a wonderful time when we do that, and come together to seek help. And that puts everything in perspective, because they were told not to be discouraged or afraid, for the Lord is with you, and the Lord's going to overcome. The battle is not yours, but God's, it says in verse 17. And we need to remember that. The battle is not ours. Have faith in the Lord, praise the Lord, and they're claiming the victory in Jesus. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. It's probably a great help to people personally at times of you just don't know what to do. But, dear friend, if your eyes are upon the Lord, it makes all the difference. He will guide you. He will keep you. He would hold you and bless you and encourage you. Now, as we turn to the New Testament, what I want to speak about this morning, that's just by way of introduction, actually. I want to speak about the uniqueness of our Christian faith. The uniqueness of our Christian faith. When people don't believe, have a Christian faith, it's not a case they don't believe in anything. They believe in nothing it's not a case of believing nothing. They believe in anything. And any, anything and everything is happening today. And Prince Charles has stated, if and when he becomes king, uh, he, he would like to be regarded as the defender of all faiths, rather than defender of the faith. And uh, I found it so encouraging in, in, in press reports of the past years of... Her Majesty the Queen, 
who's God-fearing and godly, and we want to praise the Lord for such a sovereign. Uh, she, because she has spoken about the power of Christianity, stating that the heart, see, these are her words, at the heart of our faith stands the conviction that all people, irrespective of race, background or circumstances, can find lasting significance and purpose in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God for those words. And we need to remember the example of the early church, where it says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 33, they spoke the word of God with boldness. And it says there, great power was upon them and great grace. And I find one of the most challenging things in witnessing is to speak with the, the power of the Lord in the fullness of, uh, in, the, in, the, in the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to give, as it says in 1 Peter, to be able to give an answer for the hope that we have and to do it with gentleness, respect. Great power was upon those people in Acts chapter 4 and it says great grace was with them as well, courage, and yet they spoke sensitively. And to to win some, as somebody said, to win some, we need to be winsome. And I want to share this morning with you and de- declare as 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 a church why we believe in the uniqueness of the Christian faith. And I tell you, I'd be terrified to preach that in some places in some churches I think I'd be shouted down but that's what I believe that's what the Lord people, Lord's people believe and you may have friends for example who are Muslims and you seek to reach and win them for the Lord and how difficult it has been for many people in this situation during that month of Ramadan and, and the fasting and, and so on and why they do it and how they do it and so on but The Christian faith, dear friends, is unique for four reasons. And this is what they laid upon my heart. Because there is no other way to God the Father other than through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ who said with authority and with great grace, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Actually, we retired uh, 13 years ago, and some years ago uh, I was uh, had the opportunity to do some part-time work, and I worked, as uh, I may have mentioned this to you before, as uh, the man on the gate at the Sinder Warren Hotel on Hayding Island, and uh, uh, directing to people to where to go and what to do and so on, directing people. And uh, it encouraged me because I still have many contacts from those days, but my life has been just that in the Lord's work through the years, directing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's so uh, many voices in today's spiritual supermarket. And uh, I remember it being said once that um, somebody had on his shirt B-A-I-K, uh, well, as a badge, rather, B-A-I-K. And he was asked, what does it mean? He said, well, boy, am I confused. 
and he was told you don't spell confused with a K and he said that's how confused I am we praise God that before the foundation of this world this was in the heart of God to sent his son the Lord Jesus to into this wicked world and how wonderful dear friends no other way Jesus the sinless son of God and he never had a sinful thought or a sinful attitude or a sinful action and when we think of the founders of other faiths I don't doubt they could be good men and so on but maybe good men and great men but they are mortal men with a sinful heart a sinful nature and it was only Jesus who being sinless could be the perfect sacrifice for sin it says he in 2 Corinthians 5 21 he who knew no sin was made to be sin for God for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him Jesus said I am the way and Christianity is not a religion but a relationship a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ how wonderful to think of the Lord Jesus the wonderful one greater than any ruler mightier than any warrior nobler than any king wiser than any sage bigger than any kingdom better than any crown lovely than any name worthy of worship deserving of praise and the second reason why we believe in the uniqueness of the Christian faith there was no other way but there is no other name as we were singing about that in the service earlier so appropriate in Acts chapter 4 it says this in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 just turn it to that now the well known passage of scripture Acts 4 and verse 12 salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved no other name and the devil is so interested in the name of Jesus and you don't find people swearing by taking the name of a, a some other religion but you do find them swearing and how this breaks our hearts by taking the name of our saviour the Lord Jesus Christ at that hotel on China, uh, China Warren on the, on the island a young lady member of staff just said to Jesus in a particular situation and I thank the Lord I took the opportunity as you would to say something at that time and I said excuse me you're speaking about a friend of mine that's how we can speak to people along those lines if they take the name of Jesus in vain it's so sad tell them that you're speaking about a friend of mine the apostles knew there was power in the name of Jesus it, it was so obvious there was healing in the name of Jesus and as you read through Acts so many times it mentions the name of Jesus and we pray in the name of Jesus it's a precious name how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear it's a, a preeminent name it's a name which is above every name that the name of Jesus every knee should bow no there's no other name and how wonderful in, in Jesus all we have in Jesus I have this lovely quotation I'd just like to share it with you no, because there's no other name other than Jesus in Jesus Christ we have 
a love that can never be fathomed, a life that can never die, a righteousness that can never be tarnished, a peace that can never be understood, and a rest that can never be disturbed, a joy that can never be diminished, a hope that can never be disappointed, a glory that can never be clouded, a light that can never be darkened, a purity that can never be defiled, a beauty that can never be barred, a wisdom that can never be baffled, resources that can never be exhausted. The uniqueness of the Christian faith, because there's no other way, and there's no other name, and there's no other gospel. The gospel is good news for the whole world. And um, it says in, uh, excuse me, in Galatians chapter 1 and verses 6 to 11, the Apostle Paul in his ministry work and his evangelism, he spoke quite strongly about those who have claimed any other gospel because the gospel of Jesus Christ is absolutely unique. Jesus came from heaven to earth to die upon the cross for us. The uniqueness of the Christian gospel. The, the sinless son of God. And uh, in heaven, in the precinct there, in the shopping centre, there, as you may know, there's a coffee place where tea is served most mornings. And it is uh, from the church at the centre there. And uh, I saw that the other day when I was in that area. There had a poster outside. One cross, three nails, and underneath it added up to four. One, uh, three, added up to four. But it had the four, four given. That was the idea, four, four given. And I've got a poster in the study at home. And when I saw it in a bookshop, I thought I must get that. I got it some years ago. And it's on the study wall. Son, uh, this is speaking of the, the Father, our Father God speaking to his only dear son. Son, I need you to build a bridge. Uh, these are the only tools you'll ever need. A cross on that poster with just and a, a mallet and the three nails. These are the only tools you'll ever need. And what good news, a bridge has been built. And uh, by the way, on Hailing Island, uh, there's only one way on and off, as you know, apart from a ferry, if you've got a push bike, you can get across to Portsmouth. But if anything happened to that bridge, it'd be stuck. <laughs> you can't get on and off the island. There's only one way to God, that's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other gospel. And it gives us a purpose in living and lives are transformed and when we come to him. And the Apostle Paul said, I'm dead, I'm debtor, I'm ready, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says about in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11 about the glorious gospel of the blessed God which he entrusted to me and uh, some of you may be keen members of the National Trust and we need to be keen members of, of this wonderful trust, of being entrusted with the glorious news of the gospel of Jesus, entrusted. And it's an international thing, isn't it? Because the Lord said, go into all the world and preach the gospel and I am with you always. We are entrusted with this. And dear friends, the uniqueness of the Christian gospel because there's no other way, there's no other name and there's no other gospel. 
And the fourth reason we would gladly stay, there's no, there's no other hope. We've been to some funerals recently where there's no Christian faith that's evident. And I think there's uh, nothing so sad as to go to uh, such a funeral of somebody who's not a Christian. And as far as we know, the family are not Christians. It's so sad where there's no hope for the future. How we praise God for the hope we have in Jesus beyond the grave and beyond this life. We praise the Lord for that because for many people it's a hopeless end but for the Lord's people it's an endless hope. When we come to the end of this earthly scene we know we're going to be with the Lord for a time forever. We should be with him and we should see him face to face and what a wonderful day that will be when we see him face to face. And that's, that gives us a hope, a hope for the future, that we've got something to look forward to. <laughs> when we were working, um, we were thinking of them, where we were going to live when we retired and praying about that and so on. And, uh, and I wrote down in a book all the things one would like to do in retirement, like walking and cycling and so on, and lots of other things, and, and, and exploring the country in different areas. <laughs> we found nowadays, though, in years, late, years later, it's a case of we've got, we've got to get <laughs> our funerals prepared. And you think about that. <laughs> And uh, got to make the do to do the wills, and we started, still got to get round to it, etc. But we know that beyond the grave, there's life in Jesus. There's no other hope. And how wonderful for the Lord's people to to have such a hope to look forward to that, and uh, to know that death has been dealt with. Uh, there was a friend of ours at Ealing who was a very keen gardener, and uh, he gave me a tip about this. Not, not that your garden would have stinging nettles in it because it's too, you've probably got too nice a garden to have stinging nettles in it. But he gave me a tip about stinging nettles. Don't touch them, of course, because you get stung. <laughs> but he said, take the stinging nettle out by its root and it won't hurt you. And, and that's, the death has been dealt with by its root because the Lord Jesus paid the price of death for us, didn't he? He rose again, he's coming again. And dear friends, I, I just want to share this thing, message with you. It's, it's so laid upon my heart. I'd like to have preached it better. But dear friends, it's so wonderful. In these days, living in a multiracial, multi-religious society, when you have the, the heart of love to reach others for Jesus, how do you do it? How do you do it? It's not easy, is it? We need to remember the words in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3 where it says always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have and it's good when people do that isn't it but do this with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander we need to do give answers with grace, uh, with great authority, and with 
great grace with the love of Jesus pouring out of our hearts as well so can people can be aware of the love of Jesus. So, the uniqueness of the Christian faith because, dear friends, there's no other way. No other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the only way. And no other name, no other gospel, and no other hope. Praise the Lord for the uniqueness of the Christian faith. As I said, I'd be scared to preach it some places because they wanted to pick holes in it and say something else about something else. I thought with the Lord's people at Calvary Church, <laughs> I'd be on safe ground. But it's, it's really been in my heart since I was asked because so many awful things have been happening in our country and, uh, and, you, and in our world. You wonder what's happening and where we're going and so on. And our hearts get broken so many times when we see so much sadness and persecution. Those those prayer cards are really wonderful, praying for the Lord's people in different places who are being persecuted. And by the way, of course, this is one of the things that will happen before the Lord comes again. Uh, and Jesus told us that many times, and people will be suffer these things uh, because they love for Jesus. And some of our people are suffering so much in these times, we need to remember them in our prayers. We need to remember them in our prayers very much I would just like to close in prayer and we'll be taking the, the benediction from these lovely words in 1 Peter verse 3 which speaks about the great hope we have in Jesus so we end the service on the word of praise praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Lord Jesus, keep us close to yourself in these times in which we live. May we constantly be relying on you and constantly trusting in you whatever the vastness of the army and whatever the strength of the opposition that's facing us help us to rest in Jesus and keep us by your grace until Jesus comes again in glory or calls us home to be with himself Amen